joy, praise, and worship today. Man, only two people up front, man. Come on, man. <laughs> praise and worship was outstanding this morning. Amen. 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 My stomach, man, I tell you what, it's it's like that excitement flips is doing that right now. I'm excited about this morning. Amen. 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 Well, you know, I, I got a lot of stuff that I want to say today, and I know I can't get it all in today. Um, but I want to start a message. We've been talking about faith, and I'm going to put working the works of Jesus by faith on hold just for a little bit because um, uh, this thing has been uh, on me just a little bit, and I want to teach it. Um, I want to teach it uh, today, and we're going to talk about what do we believe. That's what the message is going to be this week, probably next week as well, because I know I won't get finished with it today. Um, but just the basics of what we believe um, as as Christians, or what we call ourselves believers, what do we believe? And uh, I, this, this is coming because uh, of something that uh, that that I've been seeing happen over and over again. I'm seeing a lot of ministers. I'm seeing a lot of leaders in the church um, uh, posting on Instagram and Facebook and and marketing in different places how they are uh, turning away from faith in Jesus Christ. And it is, uh, it is something that, that at one time was, um, you saw it few and far between. It usually was after, uh, you know, someone made a mistake and people treated them improperly. Um, but now you're seeing it on a regular basis. People who are denouncing Christ, who once were leaders, and teaching others, and 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 the thing that 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 sh- that I struggle with the most about this is that they were once leaders and leading people towards Christ, and then immediately, as soon as they decide that they're done, they immediately start leading people away. Do you, you know, it, it it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me, and so I wanted to talk about what we believe because um, I was I was working. Those of you know that I I have a a part time job that I do that is that takes me out late in the evenings, and so while I'm out at night, um, I just listen to different ministries on my headset, and I try to keep one ear out so I can talk to people while I'm out, so I'm not being rude, but. I'm listening to these different ministries, and when I get home, God tells me, I want you to read Habakkuk again. And so I'm reading through that, and it's about 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning, I'm reading through Habakkuk. And, um, and I, go, I go to bed, and I wake up, and I get another uh, an announcement, or no matter of fact, it was Dawn sharing something with me about a minister who was renouncing his faith. He was praise and worship leader for a large church. I won't say the name of the church. Um, and one of their leaders, one of their ministers, and he was now saying that, you know, it is time that it's be said that we have to be able to tell. There are so many contradictions in the Bible and nobody's talking about it. There's so many things that are negative in the Bible and no one's talking about it. People falling away and nobody's talking about it. And he's angry. And God says to me, say, he said to me, he said, Kenneth, That's exactly what Habakkuk was saying. And this guy is saying, the guy who said he was falling away said this. He said, he said, and nobody's asking questions. Nobody's talking about it. But the Bible had it in there years ago. 
Someone asking those very same questions and God answering those questions. So it tells me that there's an era that is happening and that we have more than what we should be. Let me do this real quick so I can, I got a lot to say and I I, I hear it coming out a little jumbled. So let's go here. Let's do this first. Let's go to Hebrews 10 and let's go to 38, I believe. Let's go there first. I was going to go to James 1, but let's go to Hebrews. Hebrews 10. And let me see, so I don't tell you wrong. Hebrews ten thirty eight, And this is something that we must understand. It's still along the same lines of what we're talking about with faith. But I want to deal with it from this perspective. It says this in Hebrews ten thirty eight. It says, now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Now the just shall live by faith. This is something that we've got to start getting a hold of because it is so crucial for us to understand that as believers, we must be those who live by faith, not by our emotions. Right. Thank you, sir. Not by our emotions, not by what we can feel or touch. We must be those who are moved and live only by faith. And God was saying to me, this gentleman and these gentlemen who were having this time of renouncing their faith, they're being driven by their emotions. When things don't go the way that they think they should, when things aren't happening in a way that they can reconcile, it causes them to say, this cannot be true. Same thing that that Paul was saying, oh, foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you? And here is this guy who is struggling by emotions. And I want to say this. I've said this many times. Go to James 1 and 21. Just one book over. James 1 and 21. I want you to remember this, that we are spirits. We have souls and we live in a body. When we receive Jesus, our spirit man is made alive. We are now Alive to Christ, our spirits are alive to Christ. But it is our soul that has some dealings. Our soul, does anybody remember what our soul is? Mind, our our mind, our will, and our emotions. Amen? And so Jesus, uh, excuse me, James is saying this here in verse 21. He says, wherefore lay apart all filthiness. And superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. But he's talking to believers. He's talking to those who've already received Christ. Right. So we're having to understand that our soul being saved is an ongoing process. So when your emotions that is a part of your soul start to tell you something contrary to the word, your soul needs saving. 
When you get into positions where you are emotion driven, remember your soul needs saving. Listen to this. This is this is so important. This is so important that we must understand this. Pilate asked this question, and I, I want us to, to to remember this. Pilate asked this question to Jesus after Jesus was talking to him. He said, "What is truth?" Do you guys remember him saying that to him, or do I need to go there? John eighteen thirty eight. Can you guys read that on your on your own? Listen, this thing that is saying to us, our souls must be saved. But the only thing that saves us is reading the word, right? I remember this this thing we just said: the just shall live by faith. I've got to got to slow down just a little bit because it's important for you to make sure you don't miss these things. I'm telling you again that James is telling us that our souls need saving. We can't be emotionally driven. He tells us in Hebrews that the just shall live by faith. But how does faith show itself? How does how does how do we obtain faith? How about that? Is that better? It's a better question. Does anybody have an answer for that? Uh-oh, okay, I better go there. Let's, let's, let's go. Let's go here. Let's go to Romans. Can we go to Romans chapter 10? <clears throat> Romans chapter 10 and 17. What does it say there? Can you guys tell me? Is it on the screen? So come on, read it to me. Come on, all of you. I want everybody to say it. Come on. Say it again. So faith comes by hearing. Now I want you to understand. Listen, listen. I want you to understand that there are two types of faith. Does everybody know that? Come on, y'all with me today? Y'all lost, man? Oh, I never taught this before. I think I taught this before. There are two types of faith, right? There's the God kind of faith, and then there's just natural faith. Natural faith is me sitting down in this chair because I believe it'll hold me, right? But the God kind of faith is me believing what God has said in his word. So God is saying, listen, all faith, both types of faith, whether it's the natural faith or whether it's the God kind of faith, they both come by hearing. Have you ever wondered why social media is so powerful today? Come on, y'all gonna talk to me, man. Am I good? Come on, y'all awake? I know it's gloomy outside, but talk to me. You ever wonder why social media is so powerful today? Have you ever wondered why commercials are on every second? Because what they're trying to do is they're trying to get you to believe what they're selling. Right? They're trying to get you to grab hold of what they're selling and they're hoping that you will gain faith in their product. And when you hear it over and over again, you gain faith for that thing. But God is saying here in this verse, he says, all types of faith comes by hearing. But the hearing that I want you to do is coming from the word. Because the word is going to give you the God kind of faith. Amen. And this God kind of faith is important because remember what I just said. Pilate asked this question, what is truth? Jesus answered it before. Let's go back to John 17 and 17 real quick. 
John 17, 17. Come on. What does it say? You guys got it yet? What does it say? Sanctify them through thy truth. What's truth? Thy word is truth. It's the only thing that is true. It's the only thing that is true. Not my, listen, not just what I can see. Not just what is happening to me at this moment. Not just what I feel. No matter what it looks like, God's word is true. The struggle that we've been facing in the world today is that we're looking at only what we can see. We're not taking time to make this a main priority. The word of God has become secondary. How many of us, let's, let's just be truthful. How many of us spend more time on social media than we do in our Bibles? Don't raise your hand. Don't tell. Just, I'm just saying, just think about it. How many spend more time on social media than we do in our word? How many spend more time doing other things than we do in God's word? This thing here is the only truth. It's the only thing that's going to align us to be able to be in the God kind of faith. And if we are those that have been justified, then we must live by faith. But the kind of faith that he's asking us to do is to live by God's faith. Let me, let's go one more place. Mark 11. I wasn't going to go here real quick. Mark 11 and 23. We'll start at 22, I believe. This is after Jesus has cursed the fig tree. He's on his way back and the fig tree dried up the very next day from the roots. Man, that's, that's really amazing, right? Is that amazing? Anybody knows about trees that trees don't just die overnight? Except for when Jesus speaks to him. And then it says this, let me just do this, uh, verse 20, Mark 11 and 20. It says this, and in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter calling to remember, said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. And Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. The better translation for that is have the God kind of faith. What we were just talking about faith that comes by hearing the word of God for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe those things uh, uh, things which he saith shall come to pass he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now let me ask this question. How many of us say what God says? When we don't feel good. How many of us say what God says when we see how much money is coming in and we see how much needs to go out? How many of us say what God has to say? There are many times, and I'll say this for Shirley and I, I can say this being very honest. There are many times when what's coming in doesn't match what's going out. And there's a large gap on many occasions that just happened. There's a large gap. And you know what I have to say then? Well, I'll be honest with you. I don't always tell Shirley right away. I just, just keep it to myself for a minute. 
just to make sure that I don't get caught up in saying like, it's because you're spending all this money, woman. No, I, I don't do that. I don't say it right away. I keep it to myself so that that doesn't happen. And what I do is I go before the Lord and I said, God, you said you supply all I need according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You said you were my source and you were my provider. So, Father God, it's not about what the jobs are. It's not about what the job is bringing in. It's about what you said, and you are not a liar. So, God, I trust you. Guess what? I can't see how it's going to be. And you know the bill date is tomorrow, and I still don't have it. And I don't know how we're going to pay it, but you said. See, it's okay if I tell them what's going on, but I don't end with the problem. I end with the solution that keeps me from being an emotional person. Because guess what? Most of us, when that happens to us, the way we respond is, I'm serving God all the time and I'm giving everything and I ain't got nothing. How is it that this is happening? God, why is it? Same thing that God was asking. The same thing Habakkuk was asking. We get over into our emotions because at that moment, our emotions are at a heightened state and they are not saved. They're in the process of being saved. The more word that I get in, the more it changes how I think, the more it changes what my emotions are, the more it changes what I'm willing to do. Amen. And I have to be willing to lay apart everything else, everything else, all the other things that come in and try to challenge my senses. What I see, what I feel, what I hear when they call me about it because I hadn't paid it yet. And I know I hadn't paid it yet. And I'll tell them I know I hadn't paid it yet and it's coming. I'm going to pay it. And sure enough, not once has God ever failed. Now, some of you may not have that same story. The only reason you don't have the same story is if you're not living by faith. Are you becoming emotional so that you talk yourself out of what God has provided for you? This is a matter of what we believe. The truth is the truth, no matter how. I feel no matter what I can see, no matter what I can reason, the truth is the truth. I cannot live by emotion. I must live by faith. That is very important. But some people may say, how do I believe that this word is true? Because I feel like there are contradictions in the scriptures. I feel like there are things that people say that that I see one way here and then I see it a different way here. And I struggle with making sure that I believe God's word is true. And so it gives me pause on how I can believe or have faith in what's being said. And I want to give some answers to that. But before I do, let's go to second Timothy three sixteen, real quick. And then we're going to go and we're going to touch a couple of contradictions. And I'm going to give you reasons um, as to why this is the case. What I tell you, second Timothy three sixteen. I just skipped it. Let me get back to it. Second <clears throat> Timothy three and 16. This, this scripture right here tells us how we're supposed to deal with all situations. Most of us miss it, 
But let me give you this. This is the most important piece that I want to give to you out of this. Second Timothy three sixteen says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Did you hear that? Another way to say that is all scripture is God breathed. So no matter who wrote it, no matter who penned it, the men received an unction by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit told them what to write and they obeyed. All they were were a hand for a spirit. Did you hear me say that? All they were was a hand for that spirit. Every scripture is God breathed. Everything that we see in scripture is God breathed. Now, this is where we run into to trouble because people, again, say, even though it says it here, men wrote it, there could be problems with it. I want to talk about some of the things that may seem as contradictions and why. Can we do that? Because I'm, I'm really trying to get to what we believe, the tenets of our faith, and we're not going to make it there today, but we're going to do that next time, okay? This, I want to say that there are three things that usually happen that cause us to have what seem like contradictions, okay? The first one is this. Uh, do you guys remember when Job said this, the Lord takes, the Lord gives, and the Lord takes away? Blessed be the name of the Lord. The, the truth of the matter is, that's an example of the first thing, which is this. The person speaking doesn't know the whole story. Okay? The person that is speaking, I'm writing the whole story by the unction of the Holy Spirit. But I'm writing about you. And you don't know the whole story, but the Holy Spirit is showing me the whole story. You don't know it. I'm writing what you said. Because that's what the Holy Spirit told me to say. But God is saying the rest of the story. Amen. And Job did not know that it was not God who took. If you look at the beginning passage, it was the enemy who came. And it was the enemy who took. It was not God who took. But because Job did not have all the information, he didn't know the whole story. He wrote, he said something that could seem as a contradiction to God's goodness. Does that make sense? And so we have that kind of contradiction. We see those types throughout where people don't have all the information. Okay? But because the Bible is being accurate, they got to tell you what the people said anyway. Or else they be lying. So they're telling you the whole story, even though it may make Job say something that's not true. Okay? The very next thing is, this is what I hear all the time and I love it because uh, uh, we have people to say, there's contradiction in the scripture. Look at y'all talking about Jesus died on a Friday. He was crucified on a Friday and got up on Sunday, but that's supposed to be three days. Guess what? The church just said that so we can get off on Friday and have an extra day off a long weekend. The second reason is religion. Religion does things that aren't necessarily what the scripture is saying. Being able to do a good Friday is not simply, it's not how it happened. The scriptures, that's not how the scriptures went. We just do that because if we did it on Wednesday, Wednesday night, we wouldn't get nothing out of it. Nobody going to let you off on Wednesday. They're going to let you off on Friday and let you have a long weekend. It's religious. It's a religious idea that comes in something religious uh, or, or due to religion that causes another contradiction. 
That is not what the scripture said. Nowhere in there will you find that he died on a Friday. There's no good Friday in the scripture. Did you know that? It's not there. But we celebrate it. And so it becomes a contradiction due to religion. Now, the last one. And this one comes when you are a novice or an unbeliever. Anything that you say, something like this. If God is supposed to be loved, why does he send people to hell? Jesus answered this. I love this. He said it in John 8. He said, you do err. He said, listen, you already started wrong. You in error from the beginning. You do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. God does not send people to hell. Hell was deemed for Satan and his followers only. That's what God set it up for. But because man in their choosing chooses to become one of the followers of the enemy. So they make a choice. Listen to this. This is this. I love this. I wrote this down and I'm going to read it to you. That way I don't mess it up. Uh, 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 it's like being in a room where all you had was limited knowledge. I'm not going to, I'll, I'll be able to tell you. Well, all you had was limited knowledge. I'm the only person in the room and you're the other person in the room and all good stuff. I bring you good stuff all the time and you see all the good stuff. But there's a world happening outside of the room. But all you see is what I give you in the room. Now, how can you ever know if you really want me if I don't give you a choice to see what else is out in the world? That's how it happened because people are angry with God. Well, why didn't you just make them all do right? Well, he didn't want you to be a robot. He wanted you to have choice to choose him and not choose the enemy. So he gave you the ability to go out into the world, but he showed you all of his goodness while you were there. He kept lavishing his love and his goodness. And every time you made a mistake, he says, I've got a solution for that. Just come to me. I sent my son to take everything that you could ever do wrong and take it and pay for it. And all you'd have to do is choose me. See, we miss the gospel because we don't have a clue what it is. The good news is God's standard, although it is perfection. Did you know that? God's standard is perfection. There's no, there's no, there's no wrong thought. One wrong thought, you're no longer perfect. One wrong action, one wrong thing, you're no longer perfect. God's standard is perfection. But listen, because of sin and missing the mark, what Adam did and we're all born in sin, we all miss it. But God loved us. Listen, he loved us enough that he himself paid the full price. Now, all he asks you to do is make a choice to receive Jesus. It's not like he told you to cut yourself, spin around three times, go stay in the woods for a year and then come back. He didn't say nothing like that. He simply said, make a choice. And he gave you the ability to go out and see all that's there to survey it all. And yet we still choose destruction. Can I be honest with you? The reason why we choose it, because sin has pleasure for a season. We don't talk about that enough. Sin has pleasure for a season. But you got to remember that the one who is promoting it all, he is a thief. 
He only comes to steal, John uh, uh, 10, 10. The thief cometh not before to steal, to kill, and destroy. So while you are having fun and he set you on this path, let me borrow you, Shirley. Come here right quick. He's got you on this path. It's my wife. And, and he put it up here. And he told her all this good stuff that's all here. And while he's doing that and he's sending her on the path, he's stealing everything from her. She has no clue that he's robbing her. And she turned her back to chase what he's sending. I said, oh, baby, man, you didn't have to go that far. I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you. I love that woman, man. Look at that. Look at that. Look at my baby. That's right. You good, girl. I know. As I'm, hey, man, I'm proud of her. Okay. But anyway, so he's stealing from her the whole time. And we have no clue that that kind of stuff is happening to us while we think we're living the dream. He's robbing you of something else. You may be getting money, but you're losing sleep. You're losing friends. You're losing health. You may be getting, you may be gaining friends and popularity, but you're losing your ability to have your own independence, to be who you are, to be able to go and to live life without being under a bowl. All these different things the enemy is robbing you of. And yet you're chasing them with everything you have. Not you. I'm just saying people are chasing them with everything that they have. And it's because they don't understand. And that's another part of the contradiction is when people see that kind of stuff and they make these dumb statements because they do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. It comes as being a novice. Now, listen, I I want you to understand this. God wants you to to experience outside, to have outside experience. He does. He wants you to. He wants you to have outside experiences because you're, you're supposed to. They'll shape how, who you are. But listen to this. You can't have outside experiences and, 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 and then make a change because of emotion. Okay? It has to be driven by the love of God and the word of God. Does that make sense? Okay. Last thing I'm going to say. Last thing, I promise. And then we'll talk about the rest next time. Is this. One thing that the body of Christ doesn't do that we should do. This, this, this thing that we started talking about, people asking questions, we should ask questions. You should never blindly obey what your pastor is saying. Never blindly obey. If your pastor is not giving you scriptures to go and seek in the search, and if it's not connecting in your heart... You should be checking and checking in your heart and checking against it, your heart against the word. Amen. That is crucial, but we should ask questions. Don't be afraid of asking questions questions. When you see something that you think is a contradiction, when you see something that you don't uh, think adds up, when you see something that's, that's driving you, uh, that's driving you a little bit, uh, where you, you feel uncomfortable about it. Ask when my father, when I had a question about something, my father was doing, I just simply ask him and he'd say, man, listen, let me tell you why. And then I go, Oh, I get it. He'd give me some clarity. God has no problem with answering your questions as long as you're not coming in an accusatory manner. Don't come at him accusing him of being evil because he's good. Come from the perspective of, hey, God, I know you're good, but I don't understand how this is working. And then he'll give you clarity. 
Sometimes the clarity may be just wait. You got to see the end. Okay. Sometimes it's that way, but then sometimes he'll, he'll, he'll spell it out for you so you can see it. But that's important because if we don't, listen, if we don't start to have these mindsets of knowing, listen, I can't be emotion. I've got to be driven and live by faith. And faith comes from the word, which is truth. And I've got to get this truth so that I can make sure that I, I, I look past the things that seem to be contrary and know that I, God can be trusted at every turn. Amen. And then I can start to really walk out what I'm supposed to believe. But the, 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 the most difficult thing that I'm finding today, and we're hearing from these different ministers who are telling, who have been leading thousands, churches of thousands of people. And now they're saying that they don't believe anymore. What are those thousands of people going to do? How are they going to respond to this? If I came up in here and I started cussing everybody out and saying, you know what, forget this. I don't believe God no more. How would that affect you? And there are tens of thousands of people in these churches. And they're posting these types of things. It is important for you. I shouldn't say in spite of me, but, but, but along with me, you should know what you believe. What the word of God says and believe what he says. Regardless of if I if, if pray for you, pastor, so this never happened. I don't ever want to be a fool. OK, but pray. But but if I came in here and I said something stupid like that, that you would know. No, I believe God regardless of what Pastor Ken says. Right. That's crucial. I want us not to be an emotion driven uh, group. We cannot be an emotional, emotionally driven people. Next week, we're going to talk about, guys, and I'm really going to have to go into that, what we believe. Because that's going to set us up to get back to the main thing that we've been talking about is now when we figure out what we believe, now we can start working the works of Jesus again. This guy asked, I'm sorry, one, one last thing, I promise I'm finished, okay? Or at least I'm finished. I believe I'm finished. I didn't say Jesus was finished. I'm just going to be finished. This is the key, is this thing that this guy kept saying that he's not seeing miracles. Why are we not seeing miracles no more? What? What? I'm saying again, I constantly see miracles. I don't know about y'all. I just, listen, just, I told you about three miracles just the other day that we just saw somebody who was in a coma. We lay hands on me, wake up out the coma. Give everybody a thumbs up. Now he's home. I'm having coffee with him on Monday. We're seeing miracles. The problem is, is you don't believe. He didn't believe. I'm talking about you. That's why he's not seeing nothing. Don't let even your own, what you don't see, stop you from believing that God's word is true. I never seen nobody walk on water. I still know that Jesus did. Every time I try, and I've been trying. <laughs> I always go down. I'm serious. I'd be trying. I'd be like, I believe you, look. <laughs> but I, I know that's crazy, but I still do. But God's word is still true. Amen. All right. I'm finished. I'm finished. But next week, let's make sure next week we come back so we can really dig into what we believe. Amen. Let's pray.
Father, I thank you that your word is true and forever settled in heaven. Father, I know we see these people that are falling away. And Father, we, we teach truth so that those don't fall away, Father God. But you did say in the last days there would be a great falling away, Father. And we're seeing that. Because we're in these last days, we're seeing so many start to believe the lies that the enemy has been professing. Father, but we stand and we hold true to your word. We spend time in your word, not just not just uh, listening to others talk about your word. But Father God, we spend time in your word, hearing what you have to say directly from the source. Father, we love you and we praise you. Yeah, yeah, I heard you say this. Guys, I have to say this just real quick. Keep playing, keep playing. You know, the reason why you constantly are hearing about, there are a couple of things. You're constantly hearing the homosexual agenda everywhere you turn is being pushed in your face because they're trying to get you to soften up as believers. To start letting your faith change to faith in what they're saying, not faith in what God has said. But the key thing behind this is, listen, this is the piece that, 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 that we've got to understand as believers is that God hates the sin, but he loves the people. It's not our job to crush the people. It's our job to share with them truth. It's our job to love on them. But we still have to tell them the truth. We can't fall for the lie that the enemy is trying to sell everywhere. Love the people. Share with them truth. We're not, we're not trying to combat and fight. We're just telling truth. It's God's goodness that leads to repentance. It's not only the homosexual agenda, but we're seeing uh, uh, in, in these last days, we're seeing so many of uh, the polarization of, of people and, and race. That's, that's, that's getting even pr- more prevalent again. It was, it was laying dormant for a while. Not that it wasn't happening, but it was laying dormant. And now we're seeing it just blaze again every man hating his own brother we're all human beings whether we are black brown yellow, white whether we speak the same language or don't we are still humans that God loves and are in need of a savior we must learn to do that that's a part of working the works of Jesus and not being a contradiction of scripture. Father, we just thank you as we leave this place. We're not leaving your presence, but we go forth with your anointing 